Hello, you are listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. I am Jacques Bear with Audubon, Louisiana. And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore or Retreat. Simone, it's been so long. I forgot <laughs> our tagline. We're discussing Louisiana's coast. It's people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. Hey, it's episode 50. We should know better by now, right? <laughs> we have been on quite the hiatus. Not that we haven't been bringing no, people great we're still content. Bringing good content. Yeah. Uh-huh, but this is our first live in studio show since before June. Since we had our crazy uh, on location State of the Coast. That was fun. And yes, then we were airing some of my panels from State of the Coast, some of your panels. So a lot of really good content. I'm glad we got to feature it, you know, because that's something not a lot of people get to hear often unless they're at the conference. Agreed. Agreed. And, and there were some topics that we talk about a lot here on the show. And so it was nice to kind of bring in a different way everybody together to talk about. We talked about communications and media and financing again but it's nice to be in person it's so nice to actually be in the studio with you only one of us has truly been on vacation so uh (laughs) well i I, yeah again i've been traveling for work so you know how it goes but um so we have so much coastal news to catch up uh, on it's almost hard to do been a lot a Mm -hmm. lot of news I will tell you, Victoria and I took the 360 video. We took it to the Creole Classic Fishing Rodeo in Grand Isle. How'd it and go? It was a big hit. Oh, did it's, they like oh it? Oh, my gosh. Everybody loved it. Everybody loved it. That's so, awesome. And well, and it's so cool because, I mean, we filmed so much of it in Terrebonne, right? We were in Cocodry. We were out in the wetlands, Whiskey Island. So how was it, the reception from uh, kind of the local the, community? Yeah, and, the, and they knew, they knew, oh, we're here, we're there, you know, and they knew cuts and they knew exactly where the boat was going. And so it was pretty cool to hear kind of the local perspective and make sure we passed that test. But they loved it. Oh, that's And little so cool. kids loved it too. Even though I'm not totally sure, I'm like, can you see anything, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, but it was great. And I know you can still watch the videos without maybe even doing yeah, it in 360. Yeah, go online, Mrs superiorverdelta.org slash 360. You can check out the video. You can watch it on your, you know, desktop, laptop, s- cell phone. Love it. Um, and and Steve I actually, had a blog about it too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a trailer that we put out and actually trailer. brought a few headsets to Aspen. Oh, fun. And kind of forced some people to put them on. So they, <laughs> they, they, they seemed to like it. And it was a way for us, you know, there's so many big topics that were discussed there. Um, it was a way for us to kind of bring Louisiana to the conference and say like, hey, look, this is what's happening where we are. So I was in Grand Isle and you were in Aspen, just to be clear about that. That's (laughs) Well, there was a really amazing panel um, that was put on uh, called Bayou Breakdown about coastal Louisiana. And it was sponsored by the Walton Family Foundation. And actually, Rob Walton was on the panel, as well as um, Jeff Goodell, who's a contributing editor with Rolling Stone and wrote this book about sea level rise. Talking about our bayous? Yeah, talking about Louisiana. Awesome. And then um, Kate Orff, who is an amazing um, designer and planner and did a lot of work after Sandy in New Jersey. And then um, a woman, uh, Kathy McLeod, who is a, a vice president at Bank of America. Oh, wow. And so she was talking about it from a finance perspective. Mm-hmm. So I'll have to share the video with you because yeah. I think you'll really enjoy it. But it was just so awesome. You know, so many big ideas, so many big topics being discussed at the Aspen Ideas Festival. You had all these leaders there. And um Louisiana was there front and center. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That's really great to hear. Well, we're bringing it back home today. Yes, we're going, we are. We're going to your hometown. We're your home. To... Your home side of the Mississippi oh River. <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm so excited to see like you know a postcard with an event that says Braithwaite, Louisiana. I'm like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hometown pride. Well, let's without further ado, let's bring on our first guest. Uh, we have Daryllyn Turner. She's the executive director of Zion Travelers Cooperative Center on Jacques part of the river, right? Jacques side the of the river. The best part of the river. <laughs> and Daryllyn, are you with us? Hello. Hey, how are you? I saw Daryllyn, I guess that was last week at a meeting. I was like, Daryllyn, 
I got something to ask you. I was like, will you do this? She's like, sure, but some of my kids might want to be on. And I said, amazing. Of course, we would love to do that. Well, welcome to the show, uh, Daryl Lynn. It's so nice to speak to you. I know we haven't met in person, but we share a mutual love. I know for the East Bank of Plaquemines Parish, I grew up in Braithwaite. And, okay. Yeah, it's a great, it's a very special place. Tell us a little bit, you know, let's paint the picture. Maybe not, maybe some people go, you know, down there if they're, you know, fishing, hunting, visiting. But why is it such a special place of Louisiana's coast? Um, first of all, East Bank is the best bank. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you heard it here on Delta Dispatches. Yeah. Um, we're a uh, close-knit, family-oriented, quiet, traditional, cultural, rural area, um, a community where everybody knows everybody. We attend the same schools. We attend, attend the ch- same churches. Um, everybody's related through some bloodline. Um, we're just all one big happy family. That is connected through water. I mean, we are also a big contributor to the agricultural sector as well. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, that's perfect way to describe it. And you've lived there for quite a while, right? I mean, is that you've grown up there and your family's been there for a while? I have lived here over 40 years. Wow. We I have this- born, raised, and currently reside um, on the East Bank side of Plaquemines Parish. We had this funny discussion at that meeting where we were last week that that uh, one of the, the women there said that she could tell if you were from Louisiana, like just by looking at you. <laughs> and I yeah. think I think she anointed Darlin was okay. Like she was like true from Louisiana, yeah. you know, so it was, it was pretty funny. Well, Darlin, um, you're the executive director. You've been the executive director since 2014. Tell us a little bit about Zion Travelers, and then we'll get into to what we have some other folks on the on the phone, uh, actually in the studio with us today. But tell us about what y'all do at ZTCC. Okay, um, I've been employed at ZTCC for from since 2007 when I came back after uh, Hurricane Katrina, and yes, I have served as executive director since 2014. Um, we are. A, a organization that is built around advoc- advocating for our coastal restoration, disaster preparedness, um, connecting our youth to the environment, organizing and advoc- advocating for whatever our community or surrounding areas um, need, whatever need may arise. Uh, we are about networking with other NGOs, community partners, and organizations. And I have uh, four of my fellow partners, my youth, I call them my uh, trainees that are here with us as well, which is Colin, Lyric, Lariel, and uh, Kyrie. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Welcome to Delta Dispatches. Thanks for being on. So uh, why don't we let uh, the kids who are on tell us a little bit about what's going on down there in Braithwaite and the exhibit that's happening. Okay, so we'll have Colin up first. Nope. No pressure. No need to be nervous. <laughs> the best thing is that, that probably nobody listens to us. So go ahead. <laughs> the exhibit shows how water, a basic need for community, and how land and humanity, how water is a part of life. It shows the diversions. Water is intriguing. Everything that we do is made of, is everything we do in us ourselves are made of water. That's awesome. And can y'all tell us, like, what does this mean to have this in your community in, in Braithwaite and in, in the, on the East Bank of Plaquemines Parish? This is Lariel. Yes, we are excited to hold such an amazing and educational exhibit 
at Phoenix High School is a perfect location. So thanks to Plaquemines Parish School Board and Superintendent Russell and Phoenix High School and Principal Kristen Williams. Jacques, they're going to take our jobs. I know. <laughs> they're so much better prepared than I am for these shows. Do you guys want to come on next week and maybe do the show? <laughs> Jacques has to do my homework all the time, and y'all are doing amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So tell us one thing, uh, if, if the kids can, like what's one of their favorite pieces of the exhibit? Uh, we'll have Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> all of it? That's the right name to Kyrie. <laughs> right. Like They're just going to have to go see it for themselves, right? <laughs> it's like all of it is my favorite part. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of the museum is when is waterways, because waterways explore the endless motion of the water cycle, water effects on the landscape, and settlement and migration, and it, its impact on culture, on our culture and spiritual. That's cool. So it tells you the effects of the water, right? Not mm-hmm. just that it's there, right? It tells you a little bit more about it. Daryl and I saw that y'all had a very nice spread in the front of the Blackman's Gazette, right? And it was it was awesome. It was definitely uh, an added incentive to promote our um, exhibition here on the east bank of Blackman's Parish, and having that opening event opened it up to our community, and we had a lot of people that came out, and they gave us praises and thanks. And I have to tell say that if it wasn't for LEH and Monica, um, you know, for for presenting this exhibit to us. You know what I'm saying? We we would be like, you know, bored this summer. <laughs> oh, Darlin, I doubt that. I heard that y'all have a summer camp, huh? Um, yeah. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. We're going to have to go to a break, but we're going to hear about uh, the crazy summer camp. The crazy, Darlin acts like it's crazy, but I bet you it's a well-run machine. <laughs> well, I have Lyric here, so she can definitely uh, talk about the summer camp. We have fun. So quick, because we're going to go to a break. Hurry up! <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, first of all, my name is Lyric. Hi, Lyric. <laughs> During the summer camp, we just do a different things, different enrichments with the kids, getting them involved with the environment, doing things, make them have fun like uh, they did, getting healthy, making them eat fruits and doing all this, and then they do some um, some sports that go along with it. They had it, uh, Mystery Week, all about the health. Then, of course, they had the 4th of July where they, went, where they made their um, Uncle Sam faces and all that <laughs> we, get them, we get them up there for um, doing a summer camp very and cool and everything that we do is tied into our coast so every uh theme weekly theme that we have in some way shape or form we tie it back to uh our coast making you know so they could bring awareness to um you know the dire needs that they, we're in dire need of repairing our coast so we tie our summer camp into uh, our coastal uh advocacy Perfect, perfect. Well, we are up against that break. You guys, if y'all will hang on, we want to talk a little bit about green time over screen time and a little bit more about some of your activities. You're listening to Delta Dispatches. We'll be right back after the break. Hi, I'm Don Cheadle. Listen up. I want to talk to you about something important, the Environmental Defense Fund. EDF isn't like some of the other environmental groups. EDF works together with those on both sides of the issue. Despite all the fighting in Washington, EDF has found ways for both parties to support real progress. That has made our air and water cleaner and the products in our homes safer. So not only can our planet prosper, so can our future. Go to edf.org. National Wildlife Federation gives voices to the wildlife 
conservation values that are part of our country's heritage. We are charting a new course for wildlife that our children and grandchildren will thank us for. Visit our website, nwf.org Louisiana, to find out more about our work to restore and protect coastal Louisiana for generations to come. National Wildlife Federation, uniting all Americans to ensure wildlife thrive in a rapidly changing world. nwf.org Louisiana. At Audubon, we believe that where birds thrive, people prosper. Nowhere is that more evident than in Louisiana. Integrating science, education, and policy, Audubon, Louisiana's mission is to conserve and restore natural ecosystems, focusing on birds, other wildlife, and their habitats for the benefit of humanity and the Earth's biological diversity. Visit la.audubon.org to learn more and support our mission. LA. Restore a Retreat is a coastal nonprofit organization working in the heart of the Barataria and Terrebonne Basins, from the Mississippi River to the Atchafalaya. We work every day to restore Louisiana's coast community and culture with our mission of implementing long-term and large-scale projects for our irreplaceable region. We'll hope you join us in supporting the solution. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and online at www.restoreorretreat.org. All right, we're back, and you're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. We are discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Bear with Audubon, Louisiana. And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore Retreat. My husband just sent me a text saying, don't say that nobody listens to you. I'm clearly listening to you. So <laughs> well, I won't say that I anymore. I will say this. There were quite a few people, and granted, it was a very targeted audience, that did come up at State of the Coast and I, be like, oh, you're you're the Delta Dispatches <laughs> We had like, a line of people that was... <laughs> like, you listen. Wow. So, yeah, don't don't sell it short. Simone. No, I definitely won't. Um, so excited to have back with us um, Darylin Turner, Executive Director with Zion Travelers Cooperative Center. Um, Z- uh, Darylin, along with myself, represents the East Bank of Plaquemines Parish. And, um, you know, if you've listened to the show before, we like to do a fun question. So we wanted to put this out to you and the kids, especially since it's so hot, right? Where yeah. summer is here. We want to know what are your favorite flavors of snowball? Well... Uh, my favorite is pineapple. Oh. I, I don't like to mix it up, but I, I'm rather, I'm just a one flavor type uh, lady. Oh. So I do uh, pineapple. And I, the kids are like bombarding me to give their response. <laughs> <laughs> this is L'Oreal. My favorite is Tutti Frutti with a little bit of condensed milk. Yes. Yes. On the condensed milk. Yes. <laughs> my, well, this is Larry. My favorite is Tiger Blood mm. with a little wedding cake. It's a condensed milk. And wedding cake. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> oh, hi, my name is Kyrie. I like watermelon with a little bit of strawberry and some condensed milk. I like the mixing yeah. it up. Simone, you've been going single flavor your whole I'm like life. A, I'm a right. nectar condensed yeah. milk kind of girl. Like <laughs> I just, I'm a one flavor. Can't forget about the stuff snowballs. No, no. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try the pineapple though, Darlin. That sounds good. We're gonna yes. make Monica and Chris answer that too. What's your yes. shot? Oh wait, do we have one more flavor? Oh, I'm sorry, Colin. <laughs> Colin, my favorite is Tiger Blood with a little bit of condensed milk. Nice. I'm really boring. I like spearmint. <laughs> oh, <laughs> everybody in the studio just laughs. Spearmint. It turns your mouth that color, so I can't. <laughs> it does. It does. All right. Well, Darlin, you know, we want to talk a little bit about. I mean, obviously, you know, Plaquemines Parish, the East Bank, is such a special, beautiful place, um, and you and I know that, but. 
we've yeah. also had some challenges, right? Um, Katrina, yeah. Rita, Isaac, the oil spill. Um, but people from Plaquemines are pretty resilient. So how are things going down there? And that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, of course, we are always still in a recovery mode. It's never a completed uh, process when you're dealing with um, ongoing disasters. But I will say that we are definitely a resilient uh, community that no matter what you throw at, throw at us, we're always, you know what I'm saying, giving a pushback. We're never just going to stand up and let it take us down. So we are the community that, you know, see, we stand for everything and fall for nothing. <laughs> I like that. That's great. So I was, you know, Daryl, I was talking about the meeting I saw Daryl in at last week, but, you know, Daryl is everywhere she can be. So I definitely, you know, <laughs> want to mention that in, in the best way that, you know, that you have a seat at the table, that you bring great ideas, that you want the seat at the table too, you know, and so, um, you know, I know that's hard for you to probably do, to leave the kids at summer camp and now leave the exhibit and that kind of stuff. But, you know, I think, I think you can tell around the room all the time when Daryl there because everybody's so receptive. Um, and that, that, you know, it is hard to do all that stuff all the time, especially as a community organization. So I wanted to be sure to tell you that I appreciate seeing you there, too. Thank so. you, Simone. I mean, you know, we, we try our best to make sure that we have a voice in everything, you know, that goes on with our coast. We at least try. If it's not me, then I will send a representative, you know, from our organization. Darylyn's also on the school board. She's got yeah. all kinds of other things going on. Well, tell us what more do you have at ZTCC going on? You have summer camp. Um, then you have this exhibit. So tell us a little bit more about what uh, other things that y'all have going on. Um, we are definitely about learning our um, about how government operates and policies and procedures. So we have we have um, attended um, council meetings so that our youth can be involved in our government process to know that in order to make uh, things happen that you have to be effective and that you have to be committed to uh, what's going on. So that is another thing that we have. Another thing that we have taken uh, underneath our wing is learning uh, the process of how the government works. We've always done leadership uh, training, leadership development, mentoring, so that's some of the things that we continue on working on. Um, of course, advocating for our coast is an a, a issue that I think is going to always be near and dear to our heart because, of course, we all want to live here. You know, next 50 years, I want to mm -hmm. have my grandchildren come and visit. So that's one of the things that we continue to work on. So tell, tell us a little bit about that and why kind of the environmental uh, education and the work through the summer camp as well as this exhibit, why is it so important that the next generation understand and, and learn how to live with the environment? Um, because it, it's definitely a place that I knew I enjoyed growing up in and that I love to go outside and enjoy the, uh, you know, the outside time. And that's when Simone mentioned about green time versus green time. We try to promote more um, green time, which is outside uh, activities with our children, that they can understand the connection that we have with our land, that they can also be connected as well. So it's one of the things that, you know, we focus on as far as gardening and uh, outside barbecues and things like that so that we can stay connected to, you know, to our culture. And I'm sure, you know, Darylin, you have a similar experience, but there's no shortage of uh, opportunities to get outside and, and play and enjoy nature in Plaquemines Parish, right? Only if it's raining. We'll <laughs> yeah, find a way to get out. <laughs> that's true. I know. And then I used to go play in the puddles after the rain. Yeah. So I'd come home all muddy. My mom would hose me off. He'd come I... home muddy with a green mouth from his pyramid <laughs> snowball. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically my childhood, childhood in Plaquemines Parish. Well, we're about to head into another break. Um, yeah. Darylin, can you give us, like, the website and some other ways that they can find out more information? Okay, so 
to find out about uh, activities at Zion Travels and uh, to come and see our exhibition at Phoenix High School, you can call 504-296-5622. That is my direct contact number to schedule a tour, or you can drop in anytime, Monday through Thursday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., or on Saturdays as well, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. We're here to welcome you. And the website is ziontcc.com if you want to look up um, Zion Travelers Cooperative Center. Daryl told me she especially loves when people come in at like 3.45 p.m. Yeah. And <laughs> right before they close at 4 o'clock. a 30-second tour. Well, the, actually, you know, you were talking about it raining, but it sounds like a perfect thing to do when, it, oh, when yeah. it's raining or very hot out. Well, and it's air-conditioned, yeah. right? So. Yes. Definitely. Get out the hot heat. Exactly. Well, thank you, Daryl, for coming on the show today. And thanks thank to your kids. You. We definitely kids. appreciate that. Y'all have to come in the studio one time yeah. and maybe Jacques yeah. will buy everybody snowballs. Yeah, it's a deal. <laughs> that. So that's the kids say goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, snowballs on us next time. Um, I, Simone, I don't think we can top this. I mean, we've, I know. That, Monica, those were some Chris, of the best like, guests be prepared. We had. Be prepared. It's going to be a tough act to follow. Thank you all so much. Um, we'll be right back after the break. We're going to continue talking about the Waterways exhibit um, that is kicking off in Braithwaite, Louisiana, and then making its way around the state. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. We'll be right back. And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I am Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana. And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore or Retreat. Simone, halfway through our first show back in the studio, we're, I think we're, it's coming back. It's like riding a bicycle, mm-hmm. right? I don't do anything. You do all the work. It's fun. <laughs> it's fine. Please, you bring the personality and yeah. charm. I, and... I come up with a fun question sometimes. Yeah. Well, um, so we're talking about this great exhibit. I mean, I feel like we've had, we've featured waterways in different ways mm-hmm. on the show. Obviously, we had um, the folks from Louisiana Endowment from the Humanities on, Brian Boyles and Chris, um, to talk about the documentaries. And when those premiered at the film festival, I know they just aired on uh, LPB, which is great. Yeah. But now you're seeing like a different An like, iteration, side, of, it. iteration yeah. of the story the, cool. with this great exhibit. So welcome to the show, Chris Roberts um, with Louisiana Endowment for the Humanities. Hi. Welcome back. Thank you. He's an old pro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're so excited to have with us, joining us for the first time, Monica Barra with the Water Institute of the Gulf. Hey. Monica. Yeah. Hey, welcome, guys. I'm on, I'm on the other side of the studio, which is a little different. Hey, guys. Um, so let's let's get started. Daryl and laid some great round, groundwork and had the kids want to talk about the, the exhibit um, that they were hosting for the first time. So you guys tell us a little bit more. We'd love to hear how Monica is involved as a cultural anthropologist. Uh, so just... Tell us a little bit about Waterways and, and what y'all are doing. Uh, yeah, so um, Waterways is a Smithsonian Institute um, uh, initiative that brings quality Smithsonian uh, exhibitions to small towns across the United States. So this is actually the eighth tour that um, that the LEH has partnered with them to do. The last one was, um, the theme was sports, so it's called Hometown Teams. And um, I think the average community size for uh, a town that would do moms is something like 8,000. So there's a lot of really small towns that don't normally get access uh, to this type of programming. And, um, yeah, they, they ship the exhibition in crates, um, which is uh, pretty amazing in itself. And then each site uh, develops um, programs that are tailored to their local community to go along with that. So in addition to going and seeing the exhibition, 
there are programs each week. Um, each site uh, has the exhibition for six weeks. That's great. And so Daryl and helped talk a little bit about, you know, what it is and what, what they're doing there locally. But, you know, just tee it up for someone who might be interested in going and checking it out. What, what, what would they see um, if they were to visit? They would see a, a beautiful exhibition that's um, kind of, kind of mimicking the flow of water physically. So it's, there's a lot of curves and roundness to it. And there's general information on water all throughout the exhibition. So that's um, environmental information, cultural, spiritual, how, how we think of water in terms of artwork. Um, anything you can think of that relates to water, they kind of cover that. And then there's some interactives too with videos and a game where you can manage water um, in your local community. Um, so, so that's what they would actually see. And then depending on what kind of programming the project directors come up with, um, that can vary. That could be um, a book club uh, dealing with a book that relates to water in some way. It could be arts activities. It could be um, a panel discussion. It could be screenings of films where there's a discussion involved. Um, so it's really, it's really open to whatever they want to do that's going to fit with, with their uh, local population. That's great. And I, I mean, I'll just make the plug for people in New Orleans. You know, it's less than 30 minutes probably to get there. It's a beautiful drive, a great way to spend Doesn't the day with the family. Yeah, yeah, just absolutely. drive down and, and check it out. So Monica, you've worked in Plaquemines Parish for a while as a cultural anthropologist. Tell us a little bit about your involvement with uh, with the waterways and what do you think, uh, kind of building on what Darylin said, it means to have it uh, in Braithwaite? Yeah, I guess I've been working with Darylin and, and Zion Travelers for the past three years or so, really trying to understand how all of these changes in the coastal environment have been impacting the, the southern and eastern ends of Plaquemines Parish, and they really are the epicenter of all these discussions. And we talk about land loss and coastal restoration and what does it mean from a cultural perspective and you know what's going to happen to a lot of these communities. So in, in working with Zion Travelers and other groups in Plaquemines, it just... It became really obvious to me that you know more attention needed to be kind of put in this parish and to really understand where they're situated vis-a-vis -vis everything else. So I had actually worked with um, the Louisiana Endowment for the Humanities to support a few other projects I had done on the East Bank, mainly an oral history project, trying to understand some of the histories of civil rights organizing um, and organizing amongst uh, black oystermen and fishermen down there. And as we got to talking, it, this waterways opportunity came up and I started, you know, I brought it to Darylin and I asked if that would be something, you know, that would be cool to bring basically the Smithsonian to Plaquemines yeah. Parish, you know, this little kind of almost island out here below New Orleans. And she thought it'd be a great idea. So we started setting it up and, you know, developing ideas for different kinds of programming that we could do alongside the exhibition to really tailor it to, to Plaquemines and what's happening there right now. So that's that's how it all came together. Very cool. Monica, do you, do you, I guess you see differences across generations too, right? That, you know, that the kids, you know, maybe have a different perspective than the, than the parents and the grandparents. Tell us a little bit about, you know, if you see any of those generational differences in places like Plaquemines. I think that's a big thing in Plaquemines Parish, especially when you talk about people's relationship to the water. And, you know, for a lot of the younger folks living in Plaquemines Parish, you know, these are kids growing up mainly after Hurricane Katrina, you know, they're, they're still maybe some of their families returned, but a lot of them are thinking about going away to college and pursuing different kinds of, you know, futures than maybe their parents or their grandparents did who, who largely lived off the water in, in many ways. Um, so, you know, the conversations around the future of a place like Plaquemines Parish becomes very interesting in that regard when you have 
a, a population kind of aging in place, if you will. A lot of people who have lived there their entire lives that aren't going to live anywhere else. And you have younger folks who, you know, I think like for, for the kids at Zion Travelers, you know, they have a particular commitment to wanting to stay mm -hmm. rooted mm -hmm. in some ways in the East Bank, but also acknowledge that they might have to leave for a while. And, you know, they're, they're questioning what that means. And then, you know, folks like Darylin are really trying to get them involved in understanding the stakes of, of defining how they want to have a future in a place where, you know, the predictions don't always look so, <laughs> so good for staying there. So I think it's, you know, the, across the generations understanding um, the value of culture and understanding how to deal with cultural changes alongside environmental changes is a big deal. But I think, you know, Darylin and other groups in the parish are doing a good job of having conversations about that that are frank and also trying to put the things that they value forward and making sure that those things are heard. Yeah, Darylin said they were a close-knit community. Everybody knows everybody, right? And that's mm -hmm. because that, you know, people don't leave. They grow up together, those kinds of things. But, you know, I think, you know, one of the things that we talk about is making sure that people know what they're facing and then that way they're better armed to make the choice themselves too. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I think that's one of the great things that Darylin's doing is not just enjoy your outside environment and, and Darylin and others, right? Not just outside, enjoy your outside environment, but know how it's changing and know that you may have to, you know, make some of these decisions, but be better armed to do so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty dramatic. And like you had areas that like never flooded before, you know, flood and, and Isaac, and then of course, Katrina and Rita. And I think one of the stark things I've noticed just driving down there is just, you are seeing a ton of home elevations. And so it's like, at least with that, people are realizing, like, I'm going to stay here, but, um, yeah, I'm going to raise my home 20, 25 feet in the air if they're able to. And so I think it's a really dramatic example of that commitment um, to the land and the place. Yeah. Jack, how many people do you think stay that are there since you were there? Oh, it was, a. I mean, in my neighborhood specifically, it was probably... Mm, six 75 percent left you know yeah, it was yeah. it, it, like it's not i think it's hard even when i was growing up there like there wasn't a lot you know just because of betsy and all these other things and i think it's just been more and more migration over time but i will say that the people that are there are there because they love it they com they're, they're committed to it it's what they've known their whole lives um and you know they're committed to staying as long as they can yeah yeah very good mm -hmm. so chris tell us a little bit about about the background of LEH and they've done these things. Monica said y'all have done things like this before. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So this, this Smithsonian mom's tour is part of a larger suite of programming and content that we're developing um, from a grant from the Walton family foundation. So that's, we have a magazine that we publish, Louisiana cultural. Vistas. It's so beautiful. We've talked Thank about you. this over <laughs> and over again. It's so, so beautiful. Uh, I think yeah, Simone I know. was in a recent issue. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I love They're beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so, uh, we're, we're each issue of that has a coastal story or a water story, um, in it. And, um, then we commissioned four Louisiana filmmakers to do films that, um, could be used as a catalyst for discussion on the mom's tour. So we're asking each site to show a couple of those films and then organize a discussion with the group about how they feel about the films. Mm -hmm. um, you know, who uh, they, they all explore different issues. So um, the, first, uh, the first program that was held at um, the Zion Traveler's site, um, they showed Diversions, which is John Ritchie's films about the Mid-Baritaria Diversion. And... Um, you know, it sparked a little bit of a, a discussion. There's some strong <laughs> a opinions. little bit of a discussion. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So, um, Hot topic. so yeah, it was interesting to, to have that particular film screened in the area that 
it's based in. Um, I think it was uh, a pretty close to the bone for, mm-hmm. for some of the people there. Um, but um, yeah. Well, and nice to have it, I would say, in some ways outside of a public meeting about diversions mm-hmm. context, which, mm-hmm. you know, is one thing, but to actually kind of put it in a cultural setting, mm-hmm. to actually have it at the high school, you know, just below where the state wants to be putting in some of these diversions, I think it was a nice setting to kind of approach that topic from and, and have a good conversation about it, which I think was a great way to start the exhibition. Well, yeah, I think it's just like a, a great practice, right? Because I feel like so many times you have like filmmakers or journalists that will go into these communities and then kind of, you know, produce whatever they're going to produce and then leave, right? And then they, right. they're not taking it back. They're not kind of making that connection again with the community about something that they kind of sourced from the community. And so right. I think that's just so powerful that you were able to go there and be like, look at this film and like, look at this exhibition and like tell us about it you know and tell us about your experience and your thoughts and and you know what what do we get right what you know what other opinions do you have so that's really cool so is there more planned for uh it goes through august is there more activities and and events like that planned oh yeah um monica might want to speak to that she's she's kind of developed are you talking about specifically for zion travelers yeah yeah, Yeah. or, or you know what else is going on through the end of the exhibit yeah, we have a few more film screenings coming up as well as different events, if I can kind of pull up the list here. Um, the first one is actually going to be happening next Monday and Tuesday. We have biologist artist Brandon Ballinger coming to work with uh, Kids and Zion Travelers as well as throughout the parish um, to do art space, environmental education type work around the local marsh life in, uh, in on the East Bank over there in Plaquemines. And then we also have a marsh planting event scheduled with the Moreau Foundation next week, I believe it is, on uh, July uh, 10th or 11th, I think. Um, I have to double check that. But um, in addition to that, we also have a couple film screenings. Um, one that is going to be on Saturday, July 21st, which is called Finding Ground- Common Ground, which was... Um, produced by some local documentary filmmakers down here. Um, And that's about coastal restoration Mm -hmm. from a kind of Mm -hmm. broad perspective. And we're also going to have the directors and some of the people who are in the film actually be there. And then the following Saturday on the 28th, we're going to have a film screening of a documentary film made by Nyla Jefferson, who's from here in New Orleans called Vanishing Pearls, which focuses on the impacts of the BP oil spill on a black oystermen living in Point Lahash. So that film... I think it's from 2013, but we're going to bring it down there yeah, and that's have something that every week. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty yeah. exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, we uh, we're up against a, one more break, um, and if you guys will stay with us, we want to share where they can find more information. Uh, we want to talk about that um, that last cultural visas article. So, if you don't mind sticking with us, uh, we're in it for one more. Uh, you're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. We'll be right back after the break. Hello, you're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. Um, we're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana. I'm Simone Malos with Restore Retreat, and I am still surprised every time we come back from a break. <laughs> and uh, the music plays, and you're just like, oh, here we go. Uh, I'm For glad sure. Jacques's on top of yeah. it. Thank so, you. Um, so I guess fun question. Let's just mm. stick with, you mm-hmm. know, I'm really going to have to go get a spearmint snowball mm-hmm. after this. But uh, Chris, Monica, favorite snowball flavors? Or do y'all call it snow cones if you're not from here? Is that <laughs> we're none of that, Monica's none laughing. of that on Delta Dispatches? Okay. Well, you actually got a couple Chicago-ish people <laughs> on the show right now. Yeah. Um, I, I do, but they are snowballs are 
different than snow cones, but I'd, I'd probably go for lemon or grapefruit. Mm. I like being fairly simple with it. I used to like the nectar flavor. That's me. But I haven't had one in uh, decades. It's still so good. Yeah. It it's is been so a long good. time. Mm-hmm. I have to get one. Everybody's like, what does it taste like? I'm like, sugar? Pink yeah, sugar. it's sweet. <laughs> remind, me, sugar. remind me to tell you a story of the time I gave my dog a snowball. Oh. Not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that'll go for after the show uh, edits. Um, all right, Chris. So you're kicking off in, Pla- in Braithwaite in Plaquemines Parish, yeah. but you have a, a whole host of cities that and towns across Louisiana that the exhibition exhibitions going to. So tell us what the lineup is. Yeah, the lineup for the tour kicks off in Plaquemines, which we were very excited about, um, and then it goes to Old City Hall Museum in Denham Springs, um, the Sheppes Museum in Columbia, uh, Louisiana 4-H um, Grant Walker Camp in Pollock, and uh, the Ziegler Art Museum, and then the Generette Museum in Generette. And it's it's uh, at each of those sites for six weeks. It's great. I mean, we talk about this all the time, but you know, how do you get people outside of Louisiana's coastal area? You know, even Baton Rouge, Dunham Springs, mm-hmm. even though they had their experience with flooding recently, to understand the issues that are happening, and so to take this around the state, I'll be it'll be exciting to hear feedback and what people think. Yeah, I mean, it, it and it's you know the coastal issue is a huge part of it, but um, like you mentioned, Denham Springs just had that unprecedented flooding, um, so that's going to be a big part of what they're going to be talking about in their programming. Um, so they're going to show um, Kira Ackerman's Station 15 mm-hmm. film, which basically asks the question, you know, uh, of the pumping system we have here in New Orleans, are we really safe? Mm-hmm. Um, so they can kind of take that theme and talk about it, you know, as it relates to their local community. Um, so, but the, you know, the, these sites are also going to explore recreation, um, industry, history of water, maybe why their town was settled where it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 not just the coastal stuff, but mm-hmm. that is obviously a big part of it. So what's the where can you find more information again? To find more information and to look at the dates um, and the dates of programs that each site um, will have, go to leh.org backslash museum dash on dash main dash street. leh.org backslash museum on main street with a dash in between each word okay or you could google leh waterways right you could google that and it would pop up okay cool that might be the easiest way (laughs) so speaking of the leh websites y'all have the latest cultural vistas on there right you can find information on the on the articles so um so you featured uh caminata and shinyer caminata we've had john uh dr john Duse on Mm -hmm. the show before uh, and that led to this amazing lunch and learn that we also had with him. Really fascinating guy. Yeah, yeah. I know that they spent some time talking to him as part of that article. It came out really beautifully and very much in the style of cultural visas, you know, focusing on people. Um, but it, it kind of further told the story about restoring that island, but why it was important for a lot of different reasons. Um, and they had uh, Dr. Gary LaFleur won a, um, a CRCL award recently. Mm-hmm. So lots of very familiar people uh, in that in that article as well. So I definitely encourage folks to check it out. Yeah, yeah, please do. Um, yeah, there's another really good article about um, Earl Armstrong and kind of the West Bay diversion oh, and yeah. the land that's been built down there, and um, you know him as like this like cattle rancher <laughs> that like you know took on this charge. He's like you know we're gonna get this done and kind of the impact of that. So that's pretty cool. I mean, you guys have been doing a really good job. How are you, um, like, finding these characters to, to highlight and They are definitely characters. <laughs> well, um, no shortage in so Louisiana. Dr. say Gary, yeah. like, definitely that. Yeah, I mean, I think from just kind of dipping our toes in this world in the past few years, um, 
we've just met people and talked to people and um, been recommended people who might want to write stories, topics that we might want to explore. So um, Brian really is the guy who spearheads all of that. But um, yeah, we've just been fortunate to, um, you know, through our work with the magazine, have a pool of really talented writers here who can, you know, pitch good stories that relate to the coast. That's great. And Monica, as a cultural anthropologist, I'm sure you've met your fair share of uh, characters, characters <laughs> and had some good stories. I mean, what, what's it been like for you? You mentioned, uh, are you from Chicago originally? I am. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> what, what has it been like studying people in a culture um, as let's say unique as uh, Louisiana. And that could be as different. I mean, if you're, Hey, if you're in Plaquemines Parish, it's very different than if you're in Terrebonne Parish. Right. So, oh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I guess it just kind of comes with the territory of being interested in how people live in their worlds differently, you know, and all of the histories and experiences that shape their perspectives on things, their, you know, hopes for the future, their struggles in the present. You know, it's, it's, you know, being down here, it is like a world apart from the rest of the United States. And I've, I've spent a lot of time living, you know, both from the Midwest, but also spent time around the country. And I have to say, you know, coastal Louisiana is a, is a very unique and special place. And it's definitely been a privilege to work with and be invited into the homes and lives of, of people like Darylin and others in Plaquemines and, and try to understand what's, you know, very special about this, this place. So. Right. And I mean, you may miss it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I might. <laughs> I might. So, Jacques, let's talk about what we have some we have coming up lately. Yeah. Tell us the 360 website yeah. again. Yeah. Oh, well, so MississippiRiverDelta.org slash 360. Go and check it out. Um, you know, it kind of highlights what we like to say, like a tale of two basins, right? You have the Atchafalaya Basin, um, which is an er one of the few areas of Louisiana's coast that's actually gaining land and talks about why that is. Then you're outside of Cocotry um, and kind of some of the wetlands around Terrebonne and that are experiencing extreme land loss. So um, a really great way to understand kind of what's happening um, and it's visual and fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff going on. Louisiana Coastal Geology Symposium Tuesday uh, on the shop. 10th. Wet the shop. Wet Shop, which is quite an interesting wildlife name. And, yeah, there Wildlife and Fisheries starts Sunday. Uh, and I think we're going to have some more live shows coming up. Yes. And so we have some exciting topics already lined up and some of our usuals we yep. need to revisit too. Yep. No so. shortage of uh, great guests coming up. So we're excited and to be back in studio. Yes. Thank you for today. Waterways, LEH, um, and Daryl and Turner. We'll be back next week. You're listening to Delta Dispatches. <laughs>